Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Nobody Talks Shaduchim Podcast. I am your host, Yona, along with my lovely wife and co-host, Khani. Hello, hello, hello. We're back. And of course, our esteemed leader, IJ. Hey, hey. This is going to be kept very brief because this is merely part two of a larger episode series. Um, well, a two-part series. So this is the last part. But this is episode 37, The Role of Gender Roles. The sequel, episode 36, featured the men's perspective. And today, we will be exploring the women's perspective. Cue the applause, IJ. Woo! Yeah. So, we had two fascinating men to speak on the last episode about the topic of gender roles. Well, today, we have three women for you. Cue the applause, IJ. <laughs> <laughs> so the women get the upper hand over here. I see how it is. Anyway, we're not going to keep you much longer because you know the drill. We're going to have these three wonderful women from their various professional points of view on the topic of gender roles. And as we did last time, we're going to be splitting it up. Khani and I will be interviewing two of our guests and IJ will be interviewing the third. Without further ado, let's get to our next guest. Okay, a little bit of further ado. We'll hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get to our next guest. Hi, it's Khani from the Nobody Talks Shadokhin podcast. Dating sites are a bit technical and so tedious to operate. Now, there's an all-new way to get access to Shidduch resumes and meet that special somebody. The Shidduchim group on WhatsApp by Shachin Shifi has hundreds of guys and girls' resumes posted to it. Resumes are posted, and you can contact whoever posted that resume if you're interested in going out with that person. The group has dozens of matches made every week. To join the group, WhatsApp 443-333-7363 to join the Shidduchim WhatsApp group by Shachin Shifi. Okay, this is very, very exciting. Our next guest is somebody who has been running a very, very interesting operation through Instagram for the past few years that completely defies every single norm we would normally consider when thinking about the shidduch system and dating. Our guest is none other than Holy Shid. That's with a D. It's a family-friendly <laughs> show. Gotta clarify that. How you doing, Holy Shid? I'm good. I'm good. We'll try to keep it kosher. Thank you. So before we begin with our specific discussion for today about gender roles, do you want to tell our audience who might not be familiar with you what you do on your Instagram page? Yeah, well, I'm really not so sure what I do on my Instagram page, <laughs> but I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, Holy Shid was started as a matchmaking tool to bring Instagram into the Shidduch world as a platform. Um, I think a lot of people were like stalking girls, stalking guys and being like, mm, I would like, she's cute, he's cute, but like no real way to put everyone together. So holy shit, created a space where either they can come to me and say, hey, can you match me with this girl? So it's not like awkward. Or, you know, people started sending in their own bios, which is like short blurbs about themselves that we post anonymously on our status. And then all our followers can look at it and if they think of somebody that would be a good match or if they themselves want to match with that person they just dm me they say match and i put it together and we've been successful we have two marriages so far i have wow. a baby from one of them as well that's, that's awesome amazing. wow yeah 
I'm feeling like a very proud, like, bubby right now. <laughs> and I really, I'm looking for my third match. You know, they say if you make three, you get into heaven. So, like, that third match is just, like, gnawing at me. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a third, I'm hoping for more. And I guess, you know, as, as we've evolved a bit, it's just become a real, like, open community and discussing a lot of things about love, relationships, marriages, dating, mental health, abuse, everything everything comes up on the shed and um, as the conversations come in I post them anonymously on the stories people start responding and it's become this really safe community of intelligent fun you know people that are sharing their thoughts on just about everything so um, I am a psychotherapist in real life but I've been learning so much from who I call my sheds or the holy community of holy shed um, in just opening, opening up this platform and hearing what everybody has to say about everything. So that's where it's at. That's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Wow. Okay. So getting to our topic of gender roles on the dating scene, we would love to hear your input as both a non shotgun and a psychotherapist, what your thoughts are on let's say, assigning specific behaviors to be either the man's place or the woman's place. We were thinking specifically things like holding the door, initiating contact, like you had mentioned, people felt strange reaching out to each other on Instagram, um, initiating sentiments like being the first one to say, I love you, or I really like spending time with you, being the first one to follow up after a date, or even things like certain personality traits, like if a guy has a certain trait that's usually more feminine, like being very fashion savvy, um, should he be told to tone it down on a date? What are your thoughts on all of those things and more if you have? Yeah, wow, that's that's a lot. So normally I would like post up that question on holy shit and then like everyone would give me the answer. So I'm going to try to reach within and, and tell you a little bit what I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a traditionalist in the way where I feel that guys should pursue girls. But that's me being really traditional and a non-millennial. Um, I believe that girls fall for guys that they feel desired by. The most attractive, sexy thing for a girl is to feel like, wow, that guy wants me. And sometimes it's not even somebody that necessarily fits what they were looking for exactly but when that energy starts transferring from guy to girl like wow he's into me he likes me something starts happening in the girl and there's like uh, an energy and electricity that starts rolling that can merge two people into a relationship so girls in my opinion we want to be wanted that's number one we have a whole list of what we're looking for like if you throw that in the garbage underneath all of that we want to be wanted. Um, but for a girl to feel that a guy really wants her, he needs to pursue her, to know her, to see her, to want her, and to treat her um, like the princess that he's been looking for all his life. Now, again, this is a generalization. Some girls are like, oh, he's to this, he's to that. You know, everybody has their own stuff. But as a traditionalist, as a romantic, I really believe that girls deep down want to be pursued by a guy. They don't want to feel like they had to hunt down the guy and get a commitment for marriage from them. That doesn't feel good to a For girl. sure. So that's off the bat. I also think that girls are primed to be taken care of by a strong male. And men are primed to be take, to take control 
and to take care of the family. I mean, go back to the caveman, right? I just think that this is how we've been taught and we've been primed. It doesn't mean that that's how it has to stay, but this is sort of like the general gender norms, right? Um, so for a girl to be taken care of by a guy, this means the guy is going to be cleaning his car before picking her up, you know, paying the bill, opening the door. This signals that the male is ready to take care of a girl. When a guy comes with a sloppy car or it gets a little awkward when paying the bill or doesn't offer to pick her up, things like that, I think it does give this sense to the girl like he may not be ready to take care of me and a family. And I have heard in my session room, in my office, many a love story fall apart when the girl felt the guy couldn't really take care of her and a family long term. And go for someone else, maybe less desirable in other ways, but because they had that in place. Wow, yeah, so, that's very interesting. Yeah. How much of that do you think is nature? How much of that do you think is nurture? Do you think it's a combination of both? Do you think that guys and girls are programmed in a certain way, you know, from birth? Or is it something that just is a societal sort of structure? You know, it's hard to know. Um, I like to think back to Adam and Eve when people ask me these types of questions because they were the first male-female, you know, duo that I know of on the planet. Um, and interestingly enough, like God encompasses both male and female, right? There's masculine traits, feminine traits, but like really what are masculine and feminine traits anyway, right? Because really traits don't have a gender. I love Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you've read her Untamed book. She speaks a lot about how these traits are humanistic traits. They're not gender traits. And if you think about God who had both and he's no gender, right? He, he had God is both compassionate and punishing, right? We know that he's both father and king. So we, I think, as a society have, like, put boys into one cage and girls into another cage. And it's not that they have different traits. It's that we only allow certain expression of traits for guys and certain expression of traits for girls. So if, if traits are non-gender specific, let's say there is a female who has a very strong dominant personality, who's very assertive, or who's really used to being the one to take charge and take care of other people, would you say it would be wise for her to tone it down on a date? Like, is there any point to that? Okay, absolutely not. Okay, we are who we are, and we have to fully own that. And the person that's going to be right for us is going to be the person that desires that and applauds that in, uh, in us. Yes. Um, obviously, if it's coming from some unhealthy place that we need to work through, I would say, you know, work through that, right? Um, but if it's coming from a healthy, you know, fully vibrant, knowing, knowing yourself, your soul kind of place, you never want to tone that down. I mean, you have to be fully alive in a marriage to have a fully alive marriage. So I'm not into toning anything down. The same would go for a guy if he's like a little bit more feminine or fashion savvy or into stuff. I would never tell a guy like calm that, like, you know, tone it down, turn off the volume on that because then you're not going to find the girl that's right for you. You need to be so fully you to attract the right person into your life. So it sounds like assuming that, you know, all men and all women are attracted to and put off by the same by the same qualities and traits in the opposite gender is not necessarily extendable to all situations. Yeah, I, I really don't, I don't know where that's from. I'm sure you sourced that somewhere. There's some study. 
Like, I really don't believe that. And, like, to the point of this conversation, there are going to be girls that are going to seem to have more masculine traits, and there are going to be guys that are going to seem to have more feminine traits. There's a lid for every pot. The guy that's more feminine might attract the more masculine girl. Who knows? But to start altering who we are to try to attract some version of something that we think is out there for us makes absolutely no sense. There is, there's no gender specific qualities. So somebody who is fully possessing all their qualities will attract the person that complements that and that wants that in their life. That's like, right. I, I, I hate to go here, but like you can go cut for this it. out and edit it out. Do it, like, do it. Think about, like, same-gender couples. Mm-hmm. Is one of them the guy and one of them the girl? Like, they're both the girl. So, like, what attracts them to each other? Interesting. Right? So, like, if you think about that, that whole theory sort of falls apart. I mean, that's kind of in line with my very unscientific thought process, which was a marriage, you know, is when a man and a woman become a team. So within that team... There's hopefully a pool of different traits and not just repetition of the same thing. Someone's got to be good at managing finance and someone's got to know how to do home decor and someone's got to know how to coordinate a children's wardrobe. And I feel like as long as as long as those traits are there somehow, it doesn't necessarily matter who exactly is bringing them to the table as long as they are a component because that's how a successful functional relationship and family well i would challenge that like that doesn't really sit so comfortably like with me maybe like those specific examples like there needs to be nurturing and there needs to be compassion and there needs to be passion and there needs to be um, responsibility like these are traits that i think are ingredients and there's many more traits for successful relationships. I think it's okay if neither person knows how to put together a child's wardrobe. You can hire someone to do that. You can make a phone call. You can get advice. You can just, like, copy what someone else bought. You know, like, there are ways to get around these kinds of things. But the the humanistic traits, the or what I would like to call godly traits, that God has, you know, infused into our humanity through our soul, those need to be there. And I think that mental illness is when we cannot fully express our godly traits and qualities for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I think and the danger of, of you know, people believing, and my, my view personally, as I discussed on, you know, on one of our other interviews, I believe that there are certain generalized traits that are considered to be more masculine and others which are considered to be more feminine, but then we all have a mix of of each and men will generally tend to have the masculine ones females will generally tend to have the feminine ones but there's some overlap and there's some mixing and and you know you have to find the right fit if you think that you can hold back some of those traits that you think might be damaging to you in the in the world of stereotypes while you're dating um you're making a huge mistake because when it comes time for i don't know the rest of your life to hold it back is not going to be as easy as holding it back for a few months while you're dating. What you're signing on to if you're holding back while dating is a life of misery because you're holding back your true self and you're never ever going to be able to express that true self properly if you're going to marry a girl who doesn't appreciate that in you. Yeah, I so agree with you. Wow, that really that really resonated with me. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Holy shit, where can our listeners find you if they want to talk, let's say, psychotherapy or talk shit or talk anything else? 
Yeah, come on by, talk some shit here. Um, I'm on Instagram at holy two underscores shit with a D. Um, and that's really where you can find me. You can, you know, hang out, look around, um, reach out. Um, there's always something interesting and provocative going on there. And, and we're trying to match people as well. So come on over. We're very welcoming and kind, non-judgmental, And we, we love to, to talk and share and learn more about each other. Okay. Thank you. Listeners, take that down. Yes, do take note, listeners. And the good thing about this being a pre-recorded podcast is that I can freely tell you to just press pause, take a few seconds, go to Instagram, and follow Holy Shid. That's Holy Shid with a D. Well, this was really great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing you your insights. So and thank you for joining us on the Nobody Talks Shidduchim podcast. This episode is sponsored by Chicago Chesed Fund in honor of the Shas for Shaduchim campaign. The initiative gives singles, their friends, or family members a meaningful way to bring about Shaduchim. On Tu B'Shvat, the 28th of January, hundreds of Loimdim will complete Shas in 24 hours in the Chus of Klai Yisrael's Shaduchim. By sponsoring a DAF for $100 on behalf of a single, you can help harness the immense Kedusha and power of Limud HaTorah in their Zuchus. To sponsor a DAF, go to shas4shaduchim.org. That's shas4shaduchim.org. Org. Each sponsorship allows you to submit five Tehillim names with a special coupon NTS. Use that at shasforshaduchim.org to submit an extra name. All proceeds go directly to Chicago Chesed Fund and their many programs and services that help with Shaduch challenges and bring singles closer to their Sivukim. To learn more about Shas for Shaduchim and to sponsor a DAF and discuss of a single, visit shasforshaduchim.org or call 847-679-7799, extension 170. That's 847-679-7799, extension 170. Our next guest has me so excited. Are you excited, Yona? I am super excited. Okay, good. You should be. Our next guest is someone very near and dear to my heart. Mrs. Raina Balsam is, along with her husband, the Director of Outreach for Young Professionals at Aisha Torah of the Rockies, and we are so, so, so privileged to have her on with us. Hello, Mrs. Raina Balsam. How are you doing this evening? Doing great. Thanks for having me. So good to have you with us. Welcome aboard. So, tonight's topic is about... The role of gender roles in dating and marriage. Now, I'm sure as someone who's very active in a Kirov community, particularly with a younger Kirov community, the question might come up pretty often for you. Correct me if I'm wrong. What are the Jewish perspectives, halachic perspectives on the roles of specific gender roles in dating and marriage in the Jewish world? Is that something you get asked at all? Yeah. I would say that I have a lot more experience in kind of just observing the situation from the secular perspective, just from like casual conversations that we have with our young professionals um, about their social life, their dating life. I have some perspective and some, a bit of an opinion from what I've observed so far. And this is the opinions that I formed on gender roles within Judaism, especially dealing with the secular crowd are based off of those observations. Okay, so if you wouldn't mind sharing some of them with us, we'd love to hear what you think are some of the differences between the ways in which gender roles are manifest in a Jewish religious dating relationship versus a secular one. Do you see a difference? There's a huge difference in the way that the secular people date and how the mainstream Orthodox date. And that's really, I find, what I find the most heartbreaking to me when I'm dealing with my young professionals because they have no system. And they're totally on their own in a sea of just millions of people. There's no 
shot on. There's no middleman. It's like them swiping on all these like dating apps. And that's how they find someone. And there's no looking into each other. And there's no middleman. So that that really is a huge impact on pursuing one another, I would say, is like the biggest impact. Because let's say if you do want to continue, it really forces either the girl or the guy to man up or woman up and say, hey, I had a great time. You want to go out again? And I'm sure that there's a lot of awkwardness within the roles of like, is that him that's supposed to be doing it? Is that her? No, it's his job because he's the guy. But in today's world, because we've, we've kind of just merged everything gender-wise, the girl will do that, and then the guy might get a little uncomfortable that she's so forward. So everything's different about the secular versus the orthodox. And I think that has a huge impact on gender roles. So you mentioned that sometimes the the girl will take on the guy's role and you know and and it can make things uncomfortable. What do you see as the the guy's role and the girl's role in in a relationship whether it be dating or marriage or you know those obviously will have different um ramifications dating and marriage but what do you see as the roles that the Torah or Chazal would prescribe for each gender or do you think that perhaps there is no set way of doing things? So I'm really glad you asked that question because that's actually something I wanted to address right away in the beginning because I think this is crucial to just dealing with the confusion of our world like once we have a basic understanding of gender roles from the Torah's perspective it really can enlighten you into every aspect of your life. This is based off of a woman by the name of Miriam Cosman. She's the author of Circle, Arrow, Spiral, which is an amazing book on gender roles, on anything to do with gender, specifically in our society today within the last 10 years. So I definitely recommend that book. And much, much of what I'm about to say is based off of her information and another book by Devorah Heshtick, which is called The Lost Light of the Moon. So they talk about in these two books how there are two concepts, a concept called female and a concept called male. And it's not specific to physicality. It's not specific to a person's organs. It's not specific to, you know, a person's emotions, logic versus emotion. What it is is it's a concept, and it can apply, be applied to everything in life, like, The moon is female, the sun is male. Like, it it even applies to concepts in Judaism. So that's kind of how, right off the bat, the Torah is teaching us that gender is not just related to people. It's It's a concept that relates to everything in the world. And what that tells us is that gender is something that can be defined and is not defined necessarily by a person's physical makeup. It's something defined by ideas. And so let's talk about those ideas are defined by. So first is male, and that kind of is defined in the Torah as being a mashpia, which is literally just meaning to give, to produce, and to give, to fill, right? And the female concept in the Torah is defined by a makabel, receiver. So what's interesting is kind of going back to Miriam Cosman, how she describes it, is she says that in, in another way we can define this concept is a concept of female is being it's a circle nowhere to go nothing to do just being all there fully present in the moment and the concept male is an arrow it's accomplishing it's doing it's always striving upwards so i'm sure you're probably thinking um reina that's crazy 
I know so many women who are super accomplished and they're always striving to do better. And I know so many men who are so mindful and so present and so good at being in the moment. And that's 100% true because another super important thing to understand is gender is a spectrum. The Taurus's gender 100% is a spectrum. It's not all or nothing. There is definitely a all or nothing component to the physical aspect and innately there's an all or nothing concept but there is so many components like a female can have many masculine components and vice versa the opposite way so once you understand those two concepts the fact that the basic understanding of how the Torah describes the concept of masculinity is arrow upwards accomplishing and the element of giving and that female is the concept of being in the circle in the moment present and receiving that really helps understand the reasons behind why we think certain things should be like why we think men should be chivalrous or women should receive flowers so understanding that is pretty important to understanding those gender roles and then it can kind of help us with our own you know understandings of ourselves like oh that makes sense why i'm kind of just happy sitting here enjoying the moment and kind of to jump back as one last point on the torah perspective the reason sometimes we all feel that sense of like connecting to our inner self when we're present we're in the moment we're mindful which as we defined earlier was a female concept like, that's weird. I thought that was like, so why should men feel that? It's because ideally when Adam and Chava were created in Gan Eden, it was the world of circle. It was completely female world. There is nothing they had to accomplish. The whole goal, it was just connection, being present, connecting with Hashem. And it was like the complete, it was like pure Shabbos, right? They had nothing they needed to accomplish. They just needed to connect with Hashem. And that is circle mode. And so the world was originally designed in the circle mode. But once Adam and Chava sinned, they were kicked out of that perfect circle mode, that perfect element of the Ghanaian of connection. And they were kicked into this world, and the world changed because of the sin into a world of accomplishment, into the masculine world. You know, there's a common phrase, it's a man's world. So it's actually true. The world is now a world that values accomplishment. Interesting, we define wow. people through the male's eyes of that. It's sort of evident from the fact that, um, you know, once once they were kicked out of Gan Eden, Hashem, basically, he didn't say it in male or female terms, but he, he said, now you're going to have to work the ground. And he said, now the man is going to have to work the ground to get sustenance. Um, that was not a thing that had to be done before. Um, and we see that after they were kicked out of the garden, only then did they have to do that. And whose job was it? It was Adam's job. So I just, I think it's, it's pretty fascinating. It, it, you know, it seems to fit in pretty nicely. Absolutely. And to take it even a step further, what's so interesting is that was what we valued for so, so long. But what I find the coolest part about that whole, like, epiphic idea of a man's world versus a woman's world is as we get closer to Mashiach, as our world is evolving into those last, 6,000 years into the final 7,000th um, era, the Mashiach era, we're actually shifting slowly back into a female world. We're beginning to value as a community, as a world, as a whole, 
we're beginning to value things like mindfulness, like communication, like being in the moment. Like that's such a trend these days. Like, I mean, especially I hear with my young professionals, like I practice authenticity. I meditate on my mindfulness. That's such a female trait. When I say female, I mean like the concept of female, not necessarily like woman versus man. So it's kind of really cool to see that the world is slowly shifting back to how Hashem originally wanted it by us valuing these things, by communicating, by seeing the, the value in what a woman can bring to the table, like especially in the workforce, having therapists in school systems, that's a female trait of connecting, of being, of understanding. And the world is beginning to value that. And eventually we'll get back to that perfect Shabbos, that Shabbos Shabbat Shalom, like the, the full Shabbat circle moment, because that's what the ideal is. So it's, and once we know that, this is kind of the key thing to take out is that that whole idea that can be very esoteric is that understanding that, yes, we are in this male world right now. So we do value accomplishment. We do value getting things done. And, you know, the man has to provide and the woman has to provide because now she's in this accomplishing world. So I think that this is so prevalent to the dating conversation because especially kind of from the girl's end, she can look at herself and be like, Maybe I'm just running after this career because I'm in this world that values accomplishment. And maybe my inner desire is just to sit and be, or or opposite. You know, it could be I value accomplishment because I'm in this accomplishing-oriented world, and I understand that. That makes sense. Like, some women feel so guilty saying they want to be a stay-at-home mom, but they can understand, like, no, that's the female concept of just being and just existing some guys might not want to date such an ambitious career oriented girl but if they understand like that's the world we're living in and she's taken it and she's flown with it and it's not something to be afraid of it's something to value and the girl can look at that and be like oh i'm super accomplished i'm super goal oriented because that's the world i shouldn't put us in right now but my most important value is the value that I bring to the table of empathy, of communication, of connection. And when she's more in touch with that, she'll have more success in connecting with her innate gender role. And when he can understand that maybe that's where she's coming from and maybe that's why I value accomplishing so much, then it's easier for him to understand his gender role. That's very interesting. I just would add also that it's a known thing that we need to get in all of our personal growth before Mashiach comes. Once Mashiach comes, it's going to be too late for us to perfect ourselves. Our job before the times of Mashiach is to do that. So, and I I think that that also fits in very nicely with what you're saying in the sense that, you know, right now is the time of doing. When Mashiach comes, Mashiach is going to be the more feminine time. At that point, it's too late to do the doing. You've had your chance to do the male side. Now it's female time. It's time to, to bask in what you've accomplished and not try to produce any further. Um, what, so what I'll, what I'll probe you on is male and female being concepts. You sort of touched on the idea of how it ties into the actual physical genders, but I'm going to probe you a little more on that. You know, it seems like what you were saying before is that we each do have a bit of the masculine and a bit of the feminine. And this is something that we actually discussed in the guys segment of this episode. But what do you think is is the the overall role, even though there's going to be variations between each individual person, some people are going to have more masculine traits, some are going to have more feminine, but it seems apparent that females will generally tend to have more feminine traits, males will generally tend to have more masculine traits. What are certain roles that you think um, 
are important for a man to embrace and some roles that you think are, are important for a woman to embrace, at least in general. Or if those are completely arbitrary and there are no specific gender roles right. to be assumed by either male or female party. So what's so beautiful about the concept of Makabal and Mashpia is understanding the power of the receiver, understanding that to be a receiver, which is so contrary to our world our secular world and how we see receiving is like, I don't need anything. I'm independent. I can't take anything from anybody or it'll show that I'm weak, that I'm lacking. And it's kind of in, like the whole concept of vulnerability. It's a, that, that in itself is courage because it's coming to terms with yourself and saying, I can receive. And that doesn't imply that I'm lacking. It means that I'm giving an opportunity to be given to. And that is such a fundamental idea in relationships as a whole because once a partner and as you said Connie like that kind of can be mutual once both partners in a relationship can understand that concept that being given to is a gift you can give someone that blows apart all gender roles because as a macabre you're being a mashpia and as a mashpia you're being a macabre you're giving something but you're receiving the fact that she's she's let you give or he's let you give it's a circle so this beautiful interwoven circular relationship of the receiving and giving aspect and if you can get to the root of a macabre it can be a mashpia as well and if you can get to the root of a mashpia it's really also a macabre as well that is so beautiful and yona i think that kind of relates to your theory that you had mentioned on our very first episode on the podcast when we spoke about um, giving to somebody while you're dating. We specifically spoke about ah, it in the context yes. of birthday presents, but it really, it really did something for us. Um, Reina, you weren't on that episode, but when we had originally spoken on this episode about our experiences on the shidduch scene, we spoke about the benefits that we saw from giving to each other through the dating experience and how that really, you know, increased our connection and feelings for one another. And I think that... Um, I think that based on what you just said, it really goes both ways. It feels really good to be the one giving, and it also feels really good to be the one who gives the other person in the relationship a reason to be the giver. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would definitely add to that totally. that anybody who is currently dating and um, you're dating someone who has a birthday coming up, recommended give a birthday present. It's or a belated it. Hanukkah present. It wasn't that long ago. Or that. <laughs> Any closing thoughts for us, Reina? This was so good. I don't want to let you go. I don't think our audience is going to want to let you go either. <laughs> Agreed. So, yeah, I do have one closing thought. I just would, I would want to end with anyone who's struggling with, you know, specific elements in gender role. Like, I'm so good at supporting my family. Why do I have to be the one that should stay home in the marriage? Or I am not good at making money. Like, why can't I just stay home all day like she does? Like, if anyone's really struggling and they're in a gender role when it comes to marriage, when it comes to, you know, the dating scene and, like, what you want out of marriage based off of the gender roles that we have, I think the biggest key to get through that is Amuna, because it's understanding that the soul that God placed in your body is the one that he decided. He decided that you, your soul, who you're defined by, is meant to be in this body. And that means that the struggles you're going through is what's going to make your soul whole, is what's going to make your soul refined, and is what's going to make you the best person that you can become. Fall back on Amuna and realize that this is what Hashem designed and try to find, like, 
what does he want me to learn from that? What is he, how does he want me to grow from this situation that I'm in, this, this, maybe this gender element of the world that I'm dealing with? And that might help a little bit. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. And if anybody would like to Thank hear you. more from you or be in touch with you, if you're comfortable, any young professionals on our show, do you have a preferred method of contact? Absolutely. You can email me at rainabalsam at gmail.com. Okay. And that's Raina with an A. R-A-I-N, like what falls from the sky. A, balsam, like the vinegar without the I-C at the end at gmail.com. Yeah. Very creative description. Yep. There you go. Thanks so much. Hey, this is Yona from the Nobody Talks Shaduchim podcast. Did you like our new jingle? Well, thank you. I wrote and sang it, but my vision would never have been realized without my talented buddy, Hillel Kapnick. At Uptop Recording Studios in Muncie, Hillel takes your musical dreams and transforms them into reality. I can personally attest to his talent and general awesomeness. Hillel is available for song production, musical arrangements, vocal recording, mixing, mastering, and more. He's also a DJ and a one-man band, so no matter what your musical needs are, Hillel is your man. For more information, check out his website at hillelcaps.com. That's H-I-L-L-E-L-K-A-P-S dot com. And follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, Yona and Hani Laster. I'm here now with Coach Hannah for this segment, and we're going to follow up a little bit from last time on some of the women's responses, the female responses, to a lot of those proposed questions and thoughts, etc. Coach Hannah, we're always happy to have you as uh, me and Avery's number one uh, dating coach, uh, and hopefully <laughs> our listeners as well. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Always good to be here. You're just like a main guest. You just know that. You know, you're tenured in. <laughs> yeah, you like those the people on Fox News, you know, like the, the contributors that always come on. Yes, even though Avery has boycotted them. Oh, yeah, I heard. You know, as we've been mentioning in this theme of gender roles, right, last episode, we took it from the perspective of the male. We had Rabbi Eisenberg on, we had Coach Benson on, and... Here we're going yeah. to really understand there's a unilateral response from the women of suck it up or be a man, right? Just deal with it. Is this the way women should be thinking? And obviously all your thoughts on everything that we have been discussing in what are the, you know, the roles of gender roles today in Shaduchim? So I think it's actually a, a really great question in general, um, the idea of gender roles and, you know, what it means in society today and, and really how it translates today, especially like what you were mentioned with the feminist movement and things like that. Um, I think one important thing to really keep in mind is to not really box yourself in the idea of gender roles um, with the idea that, oh, you know, I'm really supposed to be doing this and he's really supposed to be doing that. Because I do feel like when you do that, you really don't allow yourself any, you know, wiggle room, uh, I'll say, to really go outside that box of what your role is supposed to be. So if you're going to, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're going to say, oh, well, the guy is really supposed to be the one to um, take out the garbage, make sure that I have gas in my car and things like that, then, and then at the same time, you want to say, oh, well, I don't always have to have dinner ready. It's not that big of a deal. Like, I should be allowed to get takeout and things like that more often than not. You have to allow yourself the opportunity to go outside the boundaries of what, you know, what the roles are typically and really just decide what works best for you in your relationship and also 
what you have to work with. So, you know, there's, it's important to note that oftentimes um, in a relationship, you're put into specific circumstances, for example, um, where there has to be two incomes in a household. And it can't just be that, oh, the man's going to go out to work and you're going to sit at home all day. And, you know, it can be very difficult, but if it's something that you have to work with, then it's something that you should try to be amenable to if it's something that your circumstance warrants. So it's really just really figuring out within your relationship what works best and what is needed. Someone who's in yeshiva, they're a bacher, then they become a younger man, uh, hopefully when they, you know, start working or they're looking to get married. How does a guy, how does the girl work on that flexibility you mentioned of being more open? Because I, I mentioned this to, to Benson last time, you know, guys in yeshiva, he's, he's learning, he's with his friends and... You know, it's the stereotypical stuff going on. And all of a sudden, he's with a woman and they never discuss these things on dates. They've never discussed, well, how do you actually want to run your household, right? Guys, they don't even talk about it amongst themselves. I don't know if girls do. Uh, what are some ways to start working on that? And even, by the way, for, for the woman as well, they also never got a chance to discuss these things. Where do they get this preparedness? Like, where where can they postulate ideas uh, where they can actually talk about this with their, you know, future future guy or girl. I do think that a lot of times it's not discussed the idea of how we're going to run the household, how are things going to be, and I think that the best way to really discuss something like that is really in a non-confrontational way instead of saying. Um, well, you know, you're going to be taking care of me, right? That's a very, <laughs> put somebody on the defensive right there. So I think the best way to do it is really to just kind of discuss it in a way where it's approachable. So for example, you know, you're on a date and you can kind of bring up the idea of, you know, I always wanted to be a lawyer uh, in a fast-paced firm, and I it's really something that it's, I'm so passionate about. And that is a very good indicator right there for the guy that she's dating um, that, you know, she's not looking to be uh, just a stay-at-home mother. Um, she's looking for more than that. Um, I just, I think it's really a really good way of thinking and speaking about your future is to really bring it up in a way that there's room for discussion and there's room for figuring out um, where they each see themselves in the future. And also even not specifically with work, but also in regards to how they want to run the household. Yeah, you have to have um, room for these type of conversations. And that's why it's also important to, you know, to go out on actual dates, because that's what lends itself to these type of conversations. We're at a place in time where it used to be more acceptable for a base Yaakov girl to have more expectations to be more feminine. And on the opposite side of that, it was usually the modern Orthodox girls who were a bit more perceived as, let's say, more feministic, so maybe more masculine, where they were out working and they were open to careers and they got married later. But in the turn of the new decade, it really has completely flipped itself. Like we are actually seeing girls with base Yaakov backgrounds from families, yeshivish background, advancing in career. They're, they, they, want, they want a more, quote unquote, from the guy's perspective, masculine role. What are your comments on that? Are we doomed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a very interesting idea that things have definitely shifted in that way. And it, it, that it didn't just happen, 
you know, back in the 70s when that's when the the whole feminist movement started. It took a long time for us to really catch up to that and and to really, you know, move out in the field, in the workforce in in a big way. Um, I think at the end of the day, something that's really important to keep in mind is that you have to be happy with where you are in life because that's actually going to spill over into your family life, into your daily life, and that's what's going to make your home a happy home. So if you are happier out in the workforce and you're happier um, knowing that you are contributing in a real way and that you feel like you're being stimulated um, in that specific way, working and, and you know juggling roles of being a mother and being in a full-time position, that's what really makes you happy, even if it's difficult, then I do think that's something that is attainable. But I do think that there are going to be certain sacrifices that you have to make at the end of the day, because whomever is going to be the one that has to fill the role of being home more of the time than not, if it's the husband that's filling that role, or if it's the wife that's filling that role, it is a role that needs to be filled. So that has to be recognized as well that, you know, family life and home life is something important as well as as being out in the workforce, if that's important to you. Um, but you know, also, you know, for those moms that are working full time and are I think in a way feeling a little bit guilty about that sometimes because you always have that mom guilt. Um, you just have to make the times that you are home really count, you know, when and be present, really present in the times that you have home with your children, you know, so you're not on your phone at bedtime. Um, if you only have bedtime to spend with them, you're actually there with them talking to them and your phone is completely away and you're just having a conversation with them and I have to say you know more often than not bedtime is actually the best time to have the the best conversations because that's when your kids are really just focusing on you and talking to you and not trying to run all over so whatever makes the relationship work and actually make both parties happy is what really has to be considered and I think that's also overlooked a lot of the times the idea of Um, what actually makes somebody happy, not what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to be home. I'm supposed to be working. But what actually is making them happy? Because at the end of the day, I really do feel like if somebody is happy, then they will put in the effort in every direction that the effort is needed in the home life, in the workforce. Um, and that's, it, it's going to be reflected in their actions if they're happy. Yes. Uh, that, the home, the homemaker aspect that you brought up, very, very serious topic. I feel like people work that out when they're in, let's say Shona Rishona or, you know, they're in their engagement period where they're really working out like, okay, what, you know, how are we going to run things? But I, I would personally say, like, I don't think that's a massively significant topic to bring up in the beginning of dating to see, like, well, who's going to be the homemaker? Who's going to stay home with the kids? You know, let's not break the shit up too early. Let's figure out that, you know, top five list or that top three list of what you're really looking for and need and, you know, go forward with that investment. And I wanted to say one of our last talking points for today with you, when you're dating someone, you can always use the shadchan to try to figure certain things out. You don't have to directly just bring this up to that person until you get a better idea of how do I want this to play out and also what do I really want to get out of it? You know, So for example, if there is some kind of hashkafic issue that has, is brought up, you know, we, could, we could say, 
okay, you know what, let me find out through the shadchan or maybe a rabbi or something that I can get a better idea if it's such a serious make or break for me. So that becomes a challenge. And for that person who's, who can resonate with this, what I'm saying, I'm telling you, you have to come over yourself before you can just pick at the person who is um, who, who you're seeing because you don't want to ruin anything. So Coach Hannah, just some uh, last thoughts on your mind, especially maybe more on the dating side of things. Yeah, I actually um, wanted to follow up on what you were saying. I think it's so important and I really agree that I don't think that anyone should just... Um, negate something right off the bat because of um where somebody is holding in life in terms of their job and their and essentially their their role or where their role should be so um oh you know i need him to be supporting me right away you know if he doesn't have a, ex- enough money that i think is necessary that has to be discussed right away i think instead it's really important to look out for character traits that will enable um that will enable him to have a good sustainable job or on the guy's end you want to look out for character traits that will enable a girl to shift gears quickly and deal with things that come up in a, in a healthy way you want to look to see if they're able to sustain a good relationship and and those traits are really the ones that help with any roles um because if you have somebody that's um you know, in dental school, so they're they're going to dental school, and it's going to be a long process. If they're in the beginning of that process, when when they get married, you know, it's a long time before they're going to be making money. So, in the beginning of the relationship, the woman is is kind of the one that is the breadwinner, and then once he's actually a dentist, you see that role shift. So, you really want to look out more for attributes and things that will enable a sustainable relationship, as opposed to whether or not somebody's fitting the rules that they're assigned to. Right, if a guy is going back to school or taking on an apprenticeship, whatever it may be, yeah, there's always that scenario as well. Uh, it's, it's That's really, I didn't even think about that one. And here I am, the host. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Coach Chad, I really appreciate it, uh, you coming on and uh, discussing these uh, imperative, significant uh, topics. And uh, we thank you for coming on. Yep, thank you for having me. Thank you, IJ and Coach Hannah. Awesome. Great stuff. Honestly, what better way to end than that? Thanks again to all our fantastic guests. Guys, if you haven't listened to part one, The Guy's Perspective, highly recommended you listen to that as well. And I think that's it. IJ, cue the theme song. Nobody talks. Nobody talks. Cheese Media Network.